If Monday is any indication of what this week is going to be like for the BYU football program, get ready for a wild ride, folks. Let's try and recap it all on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the motto around those parts, around these parts, I guess I should say, is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal simply stated, make you the smartest BYU fans in the room. So thank you so much for checking out the show once again, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening listening on to one of the various uh, podcast feeds out there. Thank you for tuning in. All right. Uh, Monday. Holy smokes. I don't even know necessarily where to begin. Actually, I know where we're going to begin, but what a Monday it was in the BYU football program. Uh, transfer portal guys. Guys committing to the BYU football program from the transfer portal. Guys having a surgery after playing in the bowl game. Uh, man, I just... Crazy, crazy stuff. But let's start off the top with a guy who has been with us all season long, and that is BYU team captain Clark. Clark Barrington. Uh, news came out. Max Olson from The Athletic, the first to report it. I have subsequently confirmed uh, that Clark Barrington, BYU's, uh, I guess, redshirt junior guard, I guess is the easiest way to describe it, a team captain, a former All-American. He has entered the NCAA transfer portal as a grad transfer. Many of you will recall we talked just a couple weeks ago about him graduating from BYU. He's got a degree in construction management. Congratulations on him. He ground through and did his part on that side of things, on the academic side. And now it is his time to find out what is next for him. I will also freely admit right off the top here, folks, I would have bet big money. I'm talking big money if I was a betting man that Clark Barrington was going to put out a graphic announcing that he was going into the NCAA, not excuse me, going into the NFL draft and going to pursue his professional fortunes. But he is going into the transfer portal and he is going to play one more season as a college football player, but it won't be in Provo, barring something really, really unforeseen. And you can have your opinion on Clark deciding to do that any which way you want, but let me insert right now. I will not tolerate any slander of Clark Barrington. This is a guy that I've known for years, literally, and I have the utmost respect for him and his family. He is making a decision that he believes in his is in his best interest, and he he believes that finding one another program to play one more year and hopefully elevate his draft stock will hopefully pay off for him. If I were advising him, this is just me speaking, if I were advising him, I would have pursued the NFL no matter what this year. He's an older guy having gone on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to Uganda. Uh, you need to go and make the jump at some point. But I, I'm, I'm assuming, and we're going to have him on the podcast. I'll tease it right now. So it's recording a podcast with him Tuesday night. It'll be the Wednesday edition of our show. That's the plan as of current. If it changes, we'll keep you updated on that via social media. But I'm supposed to be talking with him, and I'm interested to get his mindset, allow him to describe what went into this decision-making process. But it, I think that he is trying to make the best bet on himself, and he thinks that going to another program and hopefully uh, playing at a high level there will elevate his stock all the uh, much more. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but it is a gamble that he believes in his, is in his best interest, and I, I will respect that 150%. I, I, I'm 
all on board with that. Now, a number of you are saying that Coach Funk needs to be fired. This is an indication that the offensive line has not lived up to expectations. The crazy thing about this is if you go by the metrics out there, BYU is actually one of the best, if not the best, pass-blocking group in the entire country this year. Uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, etc. have indicated that. The funny enough, they're also top 15 in run blocking. Uh, the thing about this, and it dawned on me, and I, I meant to today, I was actually planning on maybe doing like a little bit of a film review uh, of the of the New Mexico Bowl, but I'll take one note that I think relates to this decision by Clark Barrington and uh, relates to the BYU offensive line. Is that uh, the crazy thing is? Is that Chris Brooks, BYU's grad transfer running back, came in from Cal. Obviously, was a guy BYU had pinned high hopes on this year. He's actually going to leave BYU in terms of a one-season uh, uh, record, uh, having a large sample size. That's also the thing about this, like being the guy for a season at BYU. He's going to leave the university with the third highest run per average uh, in BYU history. Luke Staley's number one from 2001. Tyler Algier last year is number two and Chris Brooks is going to leave as number three on that list. But the thing about this is that that number is inflated because Chris Brooks, when he broke plays, when he broke big runs, they were big, chunk yardages. Think of that 22-yard touchdown run against SMU Saturday night. There was that 60- or whatever-yard touchdown run against USF to kick off the season, making everybody think, okay, what can this kid really do for BYU in their offense? His number was inflated by those big runs because there were too many times, and I saw this once again against SMU, is that Chris Brooks, the difference between him and Tyler Allen Algier to me, it was Tyler Algier never, I, I don't mean, I, okay, never is probably too strong of a term, but very rarely I'd say 98 point whatever percent of the time, the first guy that hit Tyler Algier, he never went down with that guy. If two or three guys hit him first, okay, maybe he gets tackled at that point, but the first guy never got Tyler Algier to the ground. He was just absolutely phenomenal at brushing off tackle attempts, at least on the first uh, contact, uh, yards after contact, you guys get all that uh, yak type stuff. He was absolutely phenomenal at doing that. Chris Brooks, too often the first guy has taken him down this year. And that's, that, that okay, great. That is what it is. But I think that the, the, a lot of people have pinned a lot of the issues on BYU's offensive line simply due to the fact that BYU's running backs, they were not as good as Tyler Algier. I'll say that right now. Tyler Algier was a generational running back for BYU. And trust me, BYU's had a great run of generational backs in recent memory. Luke Staley, Curtis Brown, Harvey Unga, uh, Jamal Williams, and then Tyler Algier. Think of the great running backs in the twenty, the 2000s era for BYU. The last 22-plus years have been some very, very good backs in that run. And just, I, I think that the, the, the fall-off, which probably we should have expected coming from, down from Tyler Algier's absolute heroics, a single-season rushing record is what he accomplished in 2021. We should expect a little bit of a come-down in 2022. I I think the expectations may have even gotten heightened a little bit. And I'll also I'll issue a mea culpa right now. I hyped BYU's offensive line going into the season. I thought they were a generational type offensive line. Have they been that? Mm, maybe not. Because I think the eyeball test versus the metrics say one thing versus another. I would say this has not been the best offensive line. Not the offensive line I believed it could be. But I do think BYU's running back issues, injuries, getting tackled by the first guy, uh, that type of stuff, has put a blight on the BYU offensive line. 
Let me just add one thing. I'm going to get back to the point about Clark Barrington here. Clark Barrington has played in 46 games for the BYU football program. He played in that bowl game when he very easily could have opted out. Pukunakua opted out of that bowl game. He didn't play. He, he, he made a business decision. I'm a businessman. You know that whole statement from Jay-Z? It's a businessman. I know I'm a businessman. He made a business decision in his best interest and opted out of that BYU bowl game. They can say all they want about injuries. It was an opt-out. That's what, that's what Pukunakua did. Jaron Hall, that was an injury that precluded him from playing. But Puganakua opted out. Clark Barrington and Blake Freeland, who I fully expect to also leave BYU, but I think Blake Freeland is headed to the NFL. Both of them, to their everlasting credit, folks, played in that game against SMU when they had no responsibility really to do. Oh, okay, responsibility is probably too strong. They had no... Um, they could have easily said, you know what, I, I, I'm in my best interest, I'm going to sit out this game and I'm going to prepare for what's next in my career. Both of them suited up and went out there and played a game. That... Uh, I got so much admiration for both of them. Clark is making a decision in his best best interest, and I will respect that. I look forward to having him on this show and allowing him to say in his words exactly why he's deciding to do what he did. But let me just say this. You want to go after the young man? I will not tolerate it. Clark has been absolutely phenomenal. Think of all those weeks during the month of October when BYU was just sucking you-know-what, losing every game in the month of October. He easily could have opted out of any one of those weeks and said, Jake, I'm just not feeling it this week. I I don't want to do a show. He showed up every week. I will forever be Team Clark Barrington. He is making a decision in the, in his best interest, and good on him. Now, let's get to the other news and notes out there, because guys entering the portal alongside Clark Barrington, there's two freshmen that did that. Also, BYU gets a huge commit. That was actually what I was planning on, uh, on starting today's show with. Aiden Robbins has announced that he'll be coming to BYU to be maybe the next Tyler Algier, maybe the next Christopher Brooks. We're going to find out. Let's talk about Aiden Robbins and all the other news involved in BYU football from a wild, wild Monday, and we'll get to that momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. Obviously, LinkedIn's been with us all season long, been phenomenal for us, but these days, my friends, every new potential hire for you as a small business owner can be a high-stakes wager for you and your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is helping find the right people for your team faster and for free. The best part is they can help you finish 2022 strong. I know we're in the holiday season, but guess what? You can get a head start on 2023 if you need to by going and posting a free job posting on LinkedIn Jobs right now. The best part is then you add that job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. The best part is it is why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest sports stories from around the sports world in 22 minutes or less. Get instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports today. It's available on YouTube, this app, or wherever you 
get your podcasts. All right. So Aiden Robbins has announced he's going to be coming to BYU as a member of the BYU football program. And I think this is an absolutely phenomenal pickup for BYU because Aiden Robbins is a guy who's got proven production at the Division One level, albeit in one and a one-year sample size. Some of you might recall his name. Uh, Robbins uh, was a guy that BYU recruited out of high school, ultimately picked uh, uh, Louisville of all things. And that's the thing about this is BYU was actually one of the finalists for him uh, to come to BYU. But Louisville ended up winning out in the recruiting process. He spent two seasons playing for the Cardinals, uh, saw scant action, I believe one touchdown on two carries in 2021. Then decided, you know what? I got to find a better situation for myself. He enters the NCAA transfer portal. I think BYU uh, was locked in with Christopher Brooks at the time, if I recall correctly, the timeline of events. He ultimately lands at UNLV and, uh, he goes in there and has just an absolutely phenomenal season. I, I don't care what level you're playing at at the FBS level, whether it's G5, Power 5, etc. When you run for 1,000 yards, that's a notable accomplishment. That's exactly what Aiden Robbins did. He ran for 1,011 yards. So one comma zero one one 1011 yards also added nine touchdowns on the season i believe he had 125 receiving yards uh, as well for the running rebels and a phenomenal year and now he's coming to byu i think this is a fantastic pickup for byu do i think that he's the only running back byu takes in this recruiting class uh, whether it's the high school recruiting junior college or transfer portal no he's not the only back they're after guys like lj martin a recent decommit uh, from stanford who's a borderline if not four-star athlete they can get him that's a great pickup as well because Aiden Robbins the good news about him uh, different than guys like Tyson Williams and then Chris Brooks he's got two years of eligibility remaining so he could come to BYU and be a part of BYU's Big 12 era at least get it off to hopefully a decent start by running the ball what I love about a guy like Aiden Robbins he's a big bodied back six foot three 230 or 235 pounds depending on which roster you look at for UNLV he's actually got legit speed uh, reports out there that he runs it in the four sixes at, at 230 pounds I love what he shows on film. And he had a, I watched the UNLV Utah State game, UNLV, and he ran over a Utah State defender in that game. It was just like, holy cow. Uh, that's the thing about this is he's got proven production now at the Division One level, and he's bringing that to Provo. Does that mean he's automatically going to come in and be RB1 and run for 1,000 yards for BYU? No, he's going to have to come in and earn it. And I, I'm sure that's what BYU's been preaching to him is saying, hey, you have an opportunity to come in and be the guy for the BYU football program. You can be that, but you got to prove that every day in practice. That is the biggest thing. Kalani Sitake has stated it multiple times that his program will always be built on guys competing for playing time. If they don't want to compete for playing time, BYU is not the place for them. If they want to just be assured that hey, you're, you're, you're our guy, that's not how BYU is operating. I, I, Kalani learned a lesson ver, very early on in his tenure when he anointed Tanner Mangum to be the guy for BYU at quarterback, and it backfired on him. I think he learned a lesson from that uh, saga and decided, you know what we're going to do? We're just we're going to have competition every single day. Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson went head-to-head along with Baylor Romney in a three-way battle for the starting quarterback job. Well, two of those guys ended up being NFL quarterbacks, and had Baylor Romney decided maybe to play another year or two in college football, maybe at a different program, he may have found himself with a chance in the NFL as well. They had very, very good uh competition at quarterback. That has lent itself, I think, to hopefully BYU's running back position having a similar type deal. I would imagine that Hinkley Ropati, uh, Miles Davis, guys are going to be in the program next year at running back for BYU are thinking, bring it on. 
I want nothing more than to compete against the best and prove that I can be the guy. I like Hinkley Rapati as a um, the the one B to the one A, if that makes sense. I think that Aiden Robbins, I would have him penciled in as BYU's guy at running back in 2023 and beyond. But I, I can't count out Hinkley Rapati. Quadzilla himself, he's he's a muscle bound freak of nature, and that's what I love about Hinkley. He has transformed his body. He is just absolutely just stacked. He's got muscles upon muscles, and I love that about him. He, he's made himself into a bona fide option for BYU running back. But Aiden Robbins comes in here thinking, okay, I just ran for a, a 1,011 yards for a team that was on the verge of making it to a bowl game. I'm coming to a program that's jumping to the Power 5 level. I'm going back to the level I originally committed to, and I'm, I've got an opportunity to make a name for myself in the Big 12 Conference. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal pickup for BYU to get a guy like Aiden Robbins coming into this program. I think it's a, it's a home run in many ways. Uh, hopefully he can uh, do what he did for UNLV. A lot of the film that UNLV showed showed a lot of what BYU likes to do on offense. We're talking zone uh, reads, both inside and outside zone uh, runs, where you have to be a decisive runner to make that successful. That's another thing, going back to my conversation about Chris Brooks versus Tyler Algier, is that Tyler Algier was so patient, but also so decisive at when he would cut and make his uh, make his way to whatever hole he had picked. He was absolutely phenomenal at that. What I saw from Aiden Robbins on his film is a guy who's not afraid to put his foot in the ground and drive up field. Too many times, Rapati's done this, Miles Davis did it, Christopher Brooks did it, at times, he uh, Lopini Katoa did it for BYU in this past season is they would stutter step in the hole and that's when you lose your advantage in that zone scheme. You have got to be decisive. You got to be patient, but you also got to be decisive about where you're going in that zone blocking scheme and it, this is going to open an opportunity for Aiden Robbins to come in and hopefully hit the ground running. Like I said, it, it, does he end up running for another thousand yards at BYU? That would be awesome because he truly was that dude if he ends up doing that. But this is a good start to the transfer portal saga for BYU. They also got Will Farron that we talked about it last week, a kicker from Boise State coming back home to the state of Utah to kick for BYU. Great. Okay, Will, you're off to the side here. Let's talk about the guys who really I think are going to matter and guys that can make an impact from day one. Farron may very well make an impact as a kicker, but he's not going to have the same type of impact as a guy like Aiden Robbins can have. So I think this is a great, great pickup for BYU. Now, on the transfer portal side of things, real quick, a Drew Pine, a guy that BYU had brought in for a visit, a guy who actually beat BYU as the starting quarterback for Notre Dame this past season. He's announced his commitment to Arizona State. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a surprise there, but he's going to be a Sun Devil. Uh, Jacob Conover, BYU's backup quarterback this past season, is down there at ASU as well. Uh, I remember I tweeted out, and it was like, hey, there you go. There's one guy off the list for BYU at quarterback. And a lot of people said, well, what about Conover? Folks, if Jacob Conover was going to be a starting quarterback at the Power 5 level, wouldn't he have stuck around at BYU? Like, I don't mean to be crass. I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to mean to put the young man down. But if he was going to be the guy, quote-unquote the guy, wouldn't he have done it in Provo in the last three years? You'd think so, uh, but it, it never materialized. So he's looking for his new home. Drew Pine and Jacob Conover starting for the quarterback job down there at Arizona State. It's a rebuilding program. Kenny Dillingham's trying to get a lot of guys into that program and turn over that roster, and good on him. He, he needs the, a roster overhaul with that program to hopefully get things turned in the right, back into the right direction for ASU, but 
Best of luck to Jacob Conover. Best of luck to Drew Pine. May, may you guys go out there and compete for it. Keaton Slovis remains an option for BYU. Uh, the quarterback side of things with regards to the transfer portal, I think you could hear some good news this week, uh, but th- th- a lot of guys are making decisions in very short order because there's now become, a, I think it's a quiet period right now with regards to a lot of these transfer portal guys. Visits to campus are not allowed, etc. So, you're going to see a lot of decisions, but trust me when I say this, BYU has evaluated double-digit numbers of quarterbacks in the transfer portal. I think at last report that I saw, there was upwards of 70 different quarterbacks in the transfer portal, and that number is probably outdated. It was like last week when I saw that at some point, so it's, it's got to be outdated at this point. But BYU has looked at double-digit quarterbacks, evaluated film, uh, looked into their background, talked with their coaches. That, that, that They've done their homework on guys. The only two guys we know of that have visited campus so far were Drew Pine and Keaton Slovis. It wouldn't surprise me if one or two have slipped into town and slipped back out that I have not heard about, but BYU is doing their due diligence in transfer portal news. They're 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 hitting the ground running. They know that they need to uh, find a, a difference maker at quarterback, but the the the, the specter of Jaron Hall's decision still looms out there. If he comes back for BYU, man, what a, what a phenomenal return that would be for BYU because suddenly your quarterback woes actually get pushed back a little bit because you can trust that, hey, number three's got the helm of this offense and and can lead us into the Big 12 era. And that may be enticing for a guy like Jaron Hall. I've heard multiple people say that he's considering all options. And as he should, he should look at the NFL, look at what NIL opportunities would be coming back, what he could do for BYU at quarterback. But I don't think it's going to stop BYU, even if Jaron comes back from bringing in a transfer portal quarterback with the understanding that they may end up being the guy for BYU. They'll compete for playing time right away, but they uh, probably, if Jaron Hall were to come back, that quarterback, whoever it might be, insert name here, I think would be under the impression that, hey, when Jaron Hall is officially out of eligibility after the 2023 season. This is all hypothetical. Let's be very clear. I'm not saying that Jaron Hall is coming back. I'm actually still of the belief that Jaron Hall is going to the NFL. But if he were to come back, I still think BYU brings in a transfer portal quarterback and the understanding is that they will be the odds-on favorite to be leading BYU in 2024 and beyond. That That's where I think things would stand for BYU. But crazy, crazy things are happening right now. I haven't even like scratched the surface of all the other news that came on Monday. We'll try and uh, run down all of that here in just a moment as we round out today's show. But a quick word on our friends over at NHTSA. Of course, all of us uh, don't want to be that guy, but did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal, my friends. That's why, And that means that driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think that law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you are wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everybody can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers wouldn't know that you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you are not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And remember, driving high is under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. This has been paid for by our friends over at NHTSA. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. And like I said, we've got so much news still to roll through. I uh, want to wish uh, both, n- 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 uh, excuse me, oh, man, I-, I screwed up there. I, I want to wish uh, two guys from the BYU football program the best of luck moving forward as they enter the transfer portal. Nathaniel Gillis, a cornerback uh, from the San Diego area down there in Southern California. He has entered the NCAA transfer portal as Talon Togiai, a guy from Rigby, Idaho, uh, has an offensive lineman, probably 
prospect, also was a defensive lineman in high school. Both of them announced their intentions to go into the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, I, I don't necessarily have much insight similar to what I had on Clark Barrington earlier today about their decisions, but in this era, folks, the transfer portal gives these guys an opportunity to go out and control their destiny. If they're not happy in Provo, Kalani Satake has stated it time and time again. I want guys that are going to be happy and successful playing football. If that's in Provo, great, but if it's not, let's find you the best option you can find for yourself in the transfer portal, and BYU will help facilitate these guys moving on to the next level. Could guys like Ed Lamb, who's now at Northern Colorado, uh, go and look at Talon Togia and Nathaniel Gillis and say, hey, you want to come down to the FCS level and play for us? Yeah, that very well could be a landing spot for them, but the thing is that the transfer portal both taketh and giveth. It giveth a Giveth. It gave to BYU yesterday with Aiden Robbins uh, joining the BYU football program as a commit from UNLV. It took away with Talentogii, Nathaniel Gillis, and Clark Barrington all entering the portal. I, I still think that BYU is going to start to really see some more success in the transfer portal, etc. moving forward here, but keep your eye on it. It's, it's one of those things. These guys are given the opportunity to control their destiny as athletes, and I, I respect it. If they feel like they're best suited to play elsewhere, you wish them well and hope that they find the best spot for themselves to be successful. I, I think that this is going to be a net positive for all parties in this circumstance because if you, if you see out there on the offensive line, BYU is recruiting junior college, high-level athletes. Some transfer portal guys have uh, considered BYU as well in the offensive line side of things. And the cornerback room, uh, there were five freshmen brought in. Nathaniel Gillis was one of them this past recruiting class. Well, there's only two guys that can play at any given time at cornerback for BYU. So he may have just seen the writing on the wall and said, you know what? I want to find the next spot for me. And he was a guy that was recruited by Ed Lamb, if I recall correctly, because Ed Lamb has really mined that San Diego area for under-recruited guys or diamonds in the rough in his mind, and that's where Nathaniel Gillis comes from. So keep an eye on that. It's him getting an opportunity potentially with Northern Colorado, etc. But I know BYU will do their best to facilitate these guys uh, finding a good landing spot, a soft landing spot for them in the transfer portal, if at all possible. The other, the other risky run going into the portal. There's well over 1,000, 1,500 kids already in that portal. Man, there's a large majority of them. The, the numbers bear out that a large majority of those guys will never play college football again, or they'll have to drop down level or levels to play again. It, it's a risk you take, but best of luck to them nonetheless. Also, uh, best wishes to BYU star linebacker Ben Bywater. He underwent shoulder surgery yesterday. Uh, Crazy. A team-high 11 tackles that he had in that game against SMU. Also, that just crazy, crazy pick six to help turn the momentum for BYU in that one. Well, you get home from uh, New Mexico, what would that probably have been, early Sunday morning, and uh, Monday, you're having shoulder surgery. That, that That's lining things up, because I know that Ben had mentioned on my radio show, of course, I, I produced DJ and PK for the KSL Sports Zone, and Ben's been joining us all season long on an NIL opportunity with Encore Sports Marketing. Uh, he mentioned a couple weeks ago that he may have to have shoulder surgery, and man, that's talking about efficiency. I'm getting it done right after the season. He will obviously miss spring ball, I would imagine. He doesn't necessarily need to be in spring ball uh, rehabbing that shoulder, but the expectation is he'll be 100% by the time fall comes back around, and he should be looking at leading another uh 
defense for BYU is probably a team captain this year. He's going to be one of the the big dogs. He's going to be the the upperclassman, the the old man in the room, if if you will, for BYU at linebacker. But coming off maybe one of his finest, if not his finest performance for BYU in that bowl game. Best of luck to him. Obviously, shoulder injuries. You got to you know make sure you rehab him the right way. But it, it's the brutal nature of the sport, folks. I had somebody tweeted at me. I think that saying, "Why is it every linebacker feels like BYU has to have shoulder surgery?" Folks, it's not just BYU. Injuries happen in every sport, and especially in football. And guess what? The shoulder is one of the most prone uh, joints in football to injury. Trust me, both of my shoulders, I, I, I say this all the time, I didn't play past the high school level. Both of my shoulders to this day, just from high school football, folks, still have issues. I've got a separated right shoulder. I don't think it's ever fully healed from me separating it. It was a pretty painful separation. There was like different grades, but I think it was a grade two bordering on a grade three. And it's never necessarily healed fully, but shoulders, it happens. Ben's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of guys probably having shoulder surgery out of the BYU football program. It's a just it's a joint that lends itself to have to have multiple. It, well, it can have multiple injuries, and you also have to have that you have to have that surgery to get things done. I, I labrum, uh, or if it's like the I don't know. There's so many different things in that shoulder that can mess up. Like I said, the shoulder separations. Best of luck to Ben Bywater, regardless, as he moves forward here. Man, I, I don't even know if I covered everything that I needed to cover on today's show, but we are about at what we typically do. We try to keep it between 25 and 30 minutes for you guys, make it uh, digestible in one setting for this podcast. I don't even know what Tuesday is going to bring, and that's you're probably watching this and, and or listening to it on a Tuesday. News is going to be dropping. Uh, I, I'm expecting some announcements from BYU's coaching uh, side of things relatively soon. And if you're a um, a fan of local college programs, you probably have either seen the rumors or heard the rumors about two guys that could be joining the BYU football program. And I would actually be very excited to see both of them in Provo. Uh, they have connections to this state. One of them has very strong connections to BYU. Well, let's just put it that way. Uh, and yeah. We'll see what happens. I, I, I think the names are out there. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm expecting that news to come down. Who knows what's happening to the transfer portal? I could mention Clark Barrington is going to be on tomorrow's show to explain his side of why he's entering the transfer portal. So, folks, keep it locked right here on Locked on Cougars. And pardon that pun. But nonetheless, we got you covered every single day with all the news. We're, we're breaking it all down for you. Uh, BYU basketball, going to have a more interesting matchup maybe uh, against we, uh, against Weber State uh, Thursday night. They're actually in action tonight against uh, Lindenwood of all teams. So crazy, crazy times in BYU land, but at the same time, absolutely love it. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen to our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. I may or may not be making an appearance this week to talk about BYU season, a recap of what we learned uh, with Josh Neighbors, so stay tuned for that. It's all available on YouTube and also wherever you get your podcasts. Check out Locked On Big 12, subscribe to it, like it, comment, all that stuff. Do the same thing for this podcast. Continue to share with your family and friends. You're at family parties this time of year. It's the holiday season. Share this podcast with family around you. Tell them about it and let them know that, hey, this is a one-stop shop for all the BYU news you need to get to. As I said, I don't know if I covered everything I needed to on today's show, but nonetheless, we'll be back tomorrow with everything else you need to know. So stay with us. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.